0: everyone, welcome to Trust the Trail. We we are your outdoor guides, Ariane Petrucci.
1: And Scott Jans.
0: This is episode 70, choosing the right trail map.
1: Wow, number 70, that's crazy. Exciting. I know, very excited. A little housekeeping before we get started. Uh, For those who have not heard the last podcast, we have changed our podcast feed. So uh, some of the subscriptions were not updated, But if you want the new feed, you can go to TrustTheTrailPodcast.com and subscribe to that feed there. That's where the feed is. That's TrustTheTrailPodcast.com. But all our feeds have been updated on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, CastBox, Overcast, Podbean, Spotify, and now Radio Public. So you can catch all of the new episodes on any of those app platforms. We also have come up with kind of a cool idea um, from our listeners that always want updated gear lists. We get a lot of emails and a lot of questions about gear. So we've now put that gear list on our Patreon page, which is patreon.com forward slash trust the trail. But we have a bigger idea that includes our listeners to go on an exclusive backpacking trip with us, a guided trip in 2019. And all of that information is available on our Patreon page, patreon.com forward slash Trust the Trail. Please stop by and take a look at that page. We would love, love, love your support. So thanks for listening.
0: On this episode, we share which trail map is best for you and how it differs depending on where it is you are going. Maps offer you a different way to read the terrain in a way you can't visually see from your point of view. We will define the different boundaries in which government entity governs them, along with a tip on which map you should always have in your car, and then how to begin using maps to your advantage. As always, if you want to come hang with us, just go to facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash Trust the Trail Podcast and join in our podcast family and become part of our community.
1: Yeah, we have a lot of fun on that Facebook group. Absolutely. (laughs) you know, I just thought, you know, the other thing that maps help you with is not to get lost.
0: Well, (laughs) if you know how to read them,
1: (laughs) if you don't know how to read them, it's not at all useful. It's always really good, not to get lost. I will Um,
0: admit that I have been on, you know, (laughs) I've been on multiple trips in which I've had a map in my backpack, but I haven't used a map and thus I've gotten lost. So I've had to pull that map out and try and figure out where I'm at. And that's part of the fun. I I am not, I don't enjoy electronics. Electronics stress me out. Like, so today at work, I was on Excel and the document was giving me all this the this configuring problems and I was so frustrated at an electronic. And so for me, I prefer the old school mentality when I go out into the backcountry. To me, it's a safer bet. I, I like my post it notes. I like my lists. I like my handwritten, you know, cards and, and, and communication and I'm I'm a sucker for that kind of stuff. I love old school. And so Maps for me are are a way for me to connect to that like that hand eye coordination that I really enjoy and it, but it takes out the entire technology dependent existence that I just don't function well in.
1: Okay, dude, we had a map in the Grand Canyon and still <laughs> couldn't find a 50 mile hole in the ground for god's sake and we're going to talk about that definitely (laughs) in this podcast about why that map is really super important to have when you're trying to find a trailhead i mean yeah yeah (laughs) so um yeah so we I, i guess the preferences podcast and to kind of get it in in order is there's a lot of different um organizations, management, uh, Bureau of land management, the government that manages all these different parts of where you and I go backpacking at, whether it's a state park, national park, wilderness area, recreation area, wilderness area. I think I said that, um, it's all managed by different, uh, different entities. And so I I think the first thing that we should do is kind of go over what the boundaries are and what different, what are your different categories of each particular um, manager that you're going to be hiking or backpacking in. Um, So let's talk about the the first one. So by law, first of all um, boundary descriptions of wilderness areas have to be available to the public. Um, National park boundaries, national forest, boundaries state park boundaries um all of those by law they have to be available to the public so every single one of the areas that we're going to discuss they all have maps every single one of them because national public lands is uh for the people national parks for the people um, which I can never understand why they close down when the government shuts down. But, <laughs> um, but all these are public and you can download every single one of them. So let's talk about the first, the big one first, and that is national forests. Um, national forests are managed by the United States Forest Service. That's the USDA, the United States Department of Agriculture, the United States Forest Department. And it's a division of the United States Department of Agriculture, like I just said. So they manage our national forest. Now, why did I put that one first? Well, because that's usually the bigger land entity that surrounds everything else. So the national forest is first. The second one is your national park system and your national recreation area. They're really almost the same thing now. Um, So your national parks, Grand Canyon, Grand Tetons, Yellowstone. So those are your national parks. Your national recreation areas would be Big South Fork that we talked about today on our Facebook uh, community page. Um, So those are managed by the National Park Service that is part of the federal government. It's all kind of part of the federal government, but specifically <laughs> they are part of the National Park Service is the branch of a federal government um, that manages all the national parks, any national monuments and any other conservation or historical landmarks uh, or properties um, in the United States. The other one you have is designated wilderness areas, which is kind of managed in a different way. Um, they are managed by four different land bureaus. Ooh, wow! I'm shocked. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, they and they they are protected. We
0: try to keep the lands. wilderness as complicated <laughs> oh, as <my> possible. Oh my god! <laughs> a lot
1: of stories. Um, so they're managed by four different entities and we'll talk we'll talk a little bit about that also but they're managed by uh the national park service they're managed by the u.s national forest service which also manage the national forest we just talked about that and the u.s fish and wildlife service and the land or the bureau of land management so You'd say the U.S. Fish and Wildlife Service, what's that? That's your Department of Natural Resources, DNR. So they're the guys that stock your lakes, your streams. Um, They're the ones that do a lot of patrol in your lakes. You'll see the DNR uh, rangers out there. They work for the Department of Natural Resources. So you've got like four different entities in a wilderness area, which is weird because wilderness areas are protected. Not even, you know, none of them get actually maintained but the national park service only has one agency and yeah. they're always laying off those people but um so it, it's kind of weird then you have your fourth one is state parks state parks are exactly like national parks but they're ran by the state so depending on what state you're in depending on if your state has a budget surplus is going to be your state parks are going to be well maintained and kept so you got four you've got national forests national park and recreation area designated wilderness areas and state parks and those are the government entities that manage so why do we bring that up
0: why is it important
1: to bring that up because that is huge on which map to choose
0: yeah (laughs) and i know that can get very very overwhelming i mean if you look at you know it depends on which parts you'll be passing through and it's and how long you'll be passing through those areas, which is all part of your planning and preparing and understanding, you know, where you're going, you may need to bring more than one map. You may need to bring more than two maps.
1: And that's what this podcast is all about, about, folks. I
0: mean, look at... Okay, so within a state park, you may be passing through a wilderness area. And there's so many configurations of what what you'll be passing through and when. A lot of maps only show the boundaries in which they are managing. And so they do not go into detail into other areas, depending on what map you choose. And so it's really important to understand the duration of which you'll be hiking through it to understand, do I need this map? Do I just stay on trail? You know, how long am I gonna be passing through it? Um, And so on and so forth. I mean, prime example, AT. It passes through what within a ten mile radius. I think it passes through three separate
1: oh, entities. Yeah.
0: yeah, I mean, again, you you you're just following white painted blazes on a very well established and maintained trail, so that's not the best, you know, I would say example. But you don't even realize that you're doing it.
1: No. And that's the thing. So, and and that's what we want to kind of stress on this podcast specifically is that um, it's important to know what area you are hiking through or backpacking through because the rules change as you cross the boundaries. So the wilderness area designated wilderness area has different rules than your state park. Your state park has different rules than your national park. Your national park has different rules than your national forest. And so it's really super important to know what boundaries, what rules change as you're hiking through. The other thing why it's so important is that each managed area, each managed boundary has different um, sets of, uh, I guess, you know trails within that area for example let's take your national forest area now we'll talk about the chattahoochee national forest because that's in northern georgia the chattahoochee Na- national forest governs a lot of land i mean a lot of land so what's in there well you've got one of the largest wilderness areas in the southeast, that's the Cahada Wilderness we just talked about in our last podcast. You also have the Blood Mountain Wilderness. So you have two wilderness areas in a national forest area. Then you have two state parks. You've got Amicalola State Park, you've got Vogel State Park, then you've got you know a national park that butts up into that, which is the Great Smoky Mountain National Park. So that's all your four you know, designated areas, and you haven't even backpacked 600 miles yet if you're on a long distance hike. So it's, and all of them have different rules. All of them have different regulations and all of them have different maps. And so depending on what you're gonna do in each designated area, it's always good to do your research on, okay, hey, I'm gonna be hiking through a wilderness area. Do I need a wilderness map for this? I'm going to be hiking through a national park. I've got my my national park map here. Do I need any other map? And that's what we're going to talk about, too, on this podcast.
0: Are you guys completely confused yet?
1: Oh, believe me, it's confusing <laughs> sometimes, especially when you start making phone calls and none of them take responsibility for managing the park or that area.
0: Right. Now, and this, you know, this podcast is not intended to confuse you by any means, but more to educate you that there is not ever just one map for one area. And it's it's again, it's all part of your planning ahead and preparing, you know, where are you going? How long are you going to be there? And we're not talking about weight in this at all, but maps are those one thing that are so important for you to take with you. Um, Not only can maps be a tremendous amount of fun, or perhaps that's just me because I'm such a geek, I enjoy reading the land, but they're also extremely useful because it's very easy to get turned around and when you learn how to read the maps effectively they can really they can really push you more quickly in the right direction um and give you a lot more ease in mind that you have control out in the wilderness versus the wilderness controlling you
1: well yeah absolutely i mean the i guess the one example i can think of is when i went backpacking in um, Arizona. I went um, in the Sycamore Wilderness Canyon. We've, we've talked about that in our podcast before, and it was managed by four different management uh, management bureaus. It was it was a wilderness area. It was a national forest, and it was a recreation area. So when I was trying to plan and prepare, I was calling each ranger station that was designated. For that particular area. So I think it was the Red Rock, uh, Red Rock something. It was part of Sidonia. It was the the Coconino National Forest. Um, and it was another Bureau of Land Management. And so I would call, say, hey guys, I'm going to be hiking in the Sycamore Wilderness Canyon. And of course, the first thing they said was, like, you're not going by yourself, are you? <laughs> <laughs> I was like, not
0: to scare you. It was
1: like, well, yeah, it says I am. Why? <laughs> Should I not be? <laughs> Why? Um, <laughs> and so which was funny i I ended up getting lost in there but
0: and this is why they asked
1: (laughs) and so but as i was calling each ranger station and there's always a ranger station for each area you're going to be hiking through it may not be close to the trail that you're going to be hiking but there is a ranger station that is going to be open that you need to be aware of in case you have an emergency um and each ranger station is proportioned by that designated area, whether it's a national park, wilderness area. It's usually going to be your national forests. Your national forests are going to have the ranger stations. Um, but I was calling around. I was like, "Hey, you know, have you been on this trail? And what do you know? Like, well, how does this work?" And he's like, "Yeah, we don't. I've not been on that trail forever. You know, maybe you should call this one." I'm like, "Well, what do you mean you haven't been on the trail? What do you guys do?" You know, like who's, you know who's who's doing? Is there any trail maintenance down there? He's like, yeah, Yeah, no, no, there's no trail maintenance.
0: Sadly, you know, he goes. It gets really
1: confusing down there, so we don't go. I'm like, what?
0: (laughs) It's a lot of office work. (laughs) Yeah. But let's talk about the different types of maps, because that's truly what this podcast is here to develop in you: this understanding of the different types of maps. So you have your general paper overview maps and your topography maps, which are your main and most resourceful use of effectively backpacking with a map. And that is mostly what you're going to be using. Within that you have your national park maps, which is your general, everyone's seen them, the national geographic maps. They're the big, the bulky, the expensive maps, very good um, you and they're have, waterproof and they're, wa- and they're waterproof although i will say more maps are becoming water resilient over in, you know in general um, and we're going to be- offer you a tip at the end of this in regards to how to waterproof your own map um, within that you also have your wilderness maps your state maps your national forest maps you also have the option of digital maps so gps units which is a huge huge portion of what people are using in today's world to be able to navigate. Now, we are not discussing that on this particular podcast. One, because I try not to touch it. <laughs> but because we have so much to cover, we uh, that may be a future podcast down the road. And then you have your interactive online maps also becoming a huge entity in learning how to um, Learn your navigation prior to going out there. Um, we have a tip for you at the end of this podcast that is going to be very resourceful, um, which is part of an online map that you need to know. But each of these areas, you know, have one thing in common in which you may or may not have ever thought about bringing with you. And this is what you must carry in your car at all times non-negotiable and it is a national forest roadmap and this is huge huge this has saved us more often (laughs) than not
1: (laughs) yeah you know the funny thing is is that national forest roads um are roads that have been around for 50 60 even 70 years and they're old logging roads and um, or old desert roads, or their old utility roads, or their old railroad um, railroad tracks um, that have been lifted and now they're roads. So to get around there, and they all connect, and some of them don't connect, and some of them go Most of them dead connect. end somewhere. It's really good to know because it's really super easy to get lost trying to get to a trailhead. Yeah, and we found out the hard way that the USGS um, has road maps <laughs> in Arizona and all the forest road maps. And we were at REI and we we're looking at all the maps and we're like, "What's this map?" And he was like, "Oh, that's the forest road map." And we're like, "A forest road map?" And so we looked at it and. That would have saved us an hour and a half trying to find the Bob <laughs> Hall trailhead in the Grand Canyon.
0: I think it was far more than an hour and, I and mean, a half. It might have been like three and a half hours. It could have been realistically.
1: But um, you know, it's one thing to get to the trailhead, but it's the other thing to know. So if you can find, usually it's the U.S. Uh, uh, U.S. Geological maps that are the best. Um, that's going to be your wilderness maps. Your 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 topography maps your uh your forest road maps these are the best best maps to get in order to find your way around in a national forest
0: i I mean we took one wrong turn one wrong turn in the grand canyon there was a miscommunication between what is right and which is left which is you know pretty basic but it turned us around into a point in which we had no idea where we were at. And it took an immense amount of backtracking.
1: We were tra- all over the Cali National Forest.
0: All over the place. I mean, my God.
1: I mean, <laughs> we saw
0: parts of the Grand Canyon
1: that very few have probably seen. <laughs> no, and and it was, it was crazy because... I mean, we were lost. I mean, legit you know,
0: lost. Like we had no idea where we we're at, no way to track where we were at. And the thing and- is, is, the
1: deeper you <laughs> get into the forest, um, and especially wilderness areas, I mean, I, I'll be honest with you: if you're looking for a trail sign or a forest road number, or you're you're out of luck because <laughs> you know the it's locals funny. are usually taking that to burn firewood with it and so they you know i mean there are just when you the deeper you get in there those signs have long the more gone, twisted gone. you
0: get yeah and i mean you would think an enormous hole in the ground the biggest the biggest hole in in the united states that everyone talks about that everybody is like it's on their bucket list to see you think it would be easy to locate But turns out it's not as easy as one would think. And a forest roadmap would have come in handy. We ultimately figured it out. It did take quite a long time. And a lot of, I mean, it was that classic like rubbing your head, you know, I have no idea where we're at. And there's not a single, besides a few cows here and there. To communicate and a, with, and a, and a few <laughs>
1: and, a, and a few people living off the land. I think we ran so, across a few people like nomadic living, so, like in a camper or something like that. But other than that, it was
0: pretty.
1: It's it, pretty alone back there.
0: But I will tell you, it also not only does it help you in a bind, but it offers you exit paths. It offers you the ability to um, navigate comfortably with like exploration you know taking taking a little bit of like you know dust to the wind let's just explore today and it really comfortably allows you to expand your boundaries even more but anyway the point is is that these maps ton of different types so let's talk about your just general paper overview map because that is the that is the most used and most resourced map out there and it comes in many different forms that I just mentioned but it, it, it generally lays out your route. Visually it it offers you the ability to take notation of like your alternate routes that you could take whether that be you have to have a mid-trip discussion um, or you have to bail whether it's injury or whatever the case may be um, but it, it offers you a Pinpoint from where you're at to where you need to get to. And it's just a generalized identifying your your route. And it's it's pretty basic. It's pretty... It, I, everybody uses them. And that is your basic, basic, um, you know, map to be able to use. But then you have, you know, topography maps. And this is where I get really excited about
1: because topography maps are probably the most underrated least brought map um, when going hiking or going out in the backcountry some maps have topography on it Um, some of your National Geographic maps have it but they are much different than real topography maps so if you can get a wilderness map or again the USGS maps are the best for topography. Sometimes your National Geographic maps, they put some lines in there, but they're not they're, they're not all that accurate. And so topography maps are usually where someone gets called by search and rescue
0: (laughs) your topography map is going to be your
1: so important
0: single most important navigation resource that you could ever hope to bring with you understanding it is the exception to that if you don't know how to read a topography map you're not going to be able to navigate yourself in any situation um i guess you could learn by trial and fire, which is what Scott and I have done in a course that we took um, where we were dropped off in a particular location in unfamiliar territory, given a topography of the land and having to determine exactly pinpointed where we are. So, you know, learning to resource it is going to be your best. I mean, it's going to be your, it is going to be your partner in crime
1: and the reason why that's so important, you guys, is because that's where people get in, tr- in trouble. Like, if you look at your map, especially if you have, you know, and people do it, we see this all the time, they'll take a picture of the trail map and they'll put it on the phone. <laughs> and they're like, oh, well, we know where that is. And the map legend will say, well, we only have a mile to go. Okay, great. But that mile could be 6,000 feet up and 6000 feet down and you know it, although it's maybe it's only a mile or a mile and a half it may be 75 degrees out when you start and 55 degrees up on the top of the mountain or, I mean by or the time you, by the time you get down you you've been you've been beaten a little bit we had a friend last year um, that late spring.
0: Late spring. He ended late spring. Up this was Smokies. in the
1: end of May, beginning of June, and the Smoky Mountain National Park, who didn't look at the topography, and hit the trail, and s- made the decision. Well, yeah, I'd like to go to the highest point of the Smokies. Um, was wearing a cotton T-shirt. By the time he got up there, shorts w-
0: and sandals. I think shorts and
1: sandals, cotton T-shirt. He got up to the to the top and it was snowing that's a true story it was snowing outside and you know he he came down he said it was the longest hike of his life and it was a 2 mile hike so topography is really super important when you're planning and preparing your trip and looking at okay i you know i'm going to go here i'm supposed to hike 7 miles today but where does where does the land shift where does it go down, where does it go up? You know, are the bars on the topography map very close together, are they spread apart? And if you can if you can kind of learn, and reading the topography maps are pretty easy. And um, a lot once, of fun. And a lot of fun once you really <laughs> practice at it. Um, it's It it really will save your life. I mean, it really will, honest to God.
0: So if you're unfamiliar with um, topography maps, pretty much it's like just a very detailed you know, and very accurate, I should say, um, you know, dimensional representation of your natural, you know, land um, from, you know, sea level directly up to the highest peak. It's it, it allows you to read your three dimensional terrain on a flat surface. And that is really cool, if you ask me. So it uses contours. It, they're like imaginary lines pretty much and they join together to equal like your elevation gain and loss and so a pretty basic understanding of it is so you're to read your contour lines you can see when they start grouping together in a very closer format so when you're your basic lines and they're all like grooved and you know contoured and um, they're never you know it's 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 very dimensional the closer together they are the steeper the grade is the more spread out it is, the more gradual the grade is. And usually there's a key at the bottom and it's in your contour interval determines the distance between the lines. So usually it's anywhere from like 40 to 80 feet as a generalized, you know, topography map in which you're reading. And you can read those lines saying, okay, well, each line indicates perhaps like 80 feet that I have to climb. And so when you start doing that and looking at the math and looking at the visual stimulation on the map, you're able, you know, to more closely read, um, you know, also on topography maps, something is, you know, the, the darker the color on the map, you know, the, the more dense the forest is. Yeah. And so it's, it's a very quick visualization of you being able to read your land on a very flat surface and making the, you know, ability to see what one mile is versus 10 miles because on a map, everything looks so close. Well, and a
1: lot of times too, like I remember Brian, uh, Brian DeLay and uh, um, his son, we were all backpacking and uh, it was late and we were looking for a flat space. We wanted to kind of go up higher a little bit and we had seen on the topography map that there was a really nice flat spot up on this ridge there was no trail there was nothing going up there we just bushwhacked up the uh the ridge and oh my god did we have a beautiful campsite um and that's one of the things you know you kind of benefit from from you know being able to read a topography right, map right? right like hey this this area is flat and i'm let's not in a real there. flat area right now right. so let's let's it's you know a very short hike let's climb up there and see if it's a doable campsite
0: well not only that but on the flip end if you're you know involved in inclement weather or any factors thereof you can look at your topography map you know if you are aware of how to read it you can determine exactly where you are and be able to eliminate yourself from inclement weather or You know, whatever the case may be, um, you have the ability to understand how close water sources are to you and a water source on a map. Oh, hey, that looks really cool. It's just right down there. Well, down there may be severely steep and you don't have the energy to get back up. So, you know, being able to read the land to your advantage, whether or not it's just for fun, it's play, it's just a general understanding of getting a little bit more in tune to the nature that you're going out there for or it's to eliminate yourself from you know, a a situation in which you wish you weren't in.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's probably, like I said, that's probably the most elite, it's the most underrated map that people bring and um, very underestimated, that's why it's, you know, the National Geographic maps are, are great, but if you're gonna be in a wilderness area or in a national forest area, um, get those USGS maps and get the topography maps that go along with it. They're usually one in the same um, and they are gonna have a clear cut topography on there. And you'll be able to see clear as day uh, where the water is, where the streams are, where the gorges are, where the, where the plateaus are. How hard the hike is, you know, your, your ups and downs—they're gonna be extremely, extremely easy to look at on, on that map.
0: I mean, once you learn it, it's a lot of fun to, you know, place yourself and try and figure it all out. It's like a, it's like an exciting puzzle piece. I don't know. I'm a sucker for that old school kind of map mentality.
1: Yeah, and the other thing too, um, and here's a great tip for people that are looking at topography. Use Google Earth.
0: Tip of the day:
1: If you have Google Earth, um, the Google Earth is a great way to see ahead of the trail and see your topography. Whether it's going to be a climb, whether you're going to go down in a gorge, you know how far the water supply is, maybe from where you're going to be. A Google Earth is just an awesome, awesome way to get that kind of like uh, point of view over the ridge um, <laughs> kind of see into the future of your hike when you're and this is all part of your plan and prepare obviously but um well
0: we've used google earth well, on for, the grand canyon. Canyon. Trip. Oh, yeah, for the grand canyon as well as kayaking trips and it allows you such a different perspective of you know when does it open up when does it not open up when does it close in you know and on kayaking trips specifically that has been extremely extremely helpful as well as the Grand Canyon. We we still couldn't find the hole in the ground no, I know. I know. <laughs> despite using Google Earth. I know. No, but a couple of best practices um you know when you are learning maps for the first time it's it's really important not to to go out there blindly and expect to know exactly where you are. It does take practice. You do you do have to teach yourself how to read the train. A lot of the train on topography maps, which is so much fun to to learn how to use them, but it can be misread very easily. And that's something that Scott and I have learned in like navigation classes that we've taken is that it's easy to misread it because you want to know where you are. And so you, you make up that I think I'm here, I'm nestled here. So my advice to you guys is go into an area in which you really know very, very well. You're very comfortable with, you've gone multiple times. Grab a topography map of the area. You're already comfortable with the area. You already know exactly, you know, what to expect further down the trail. Take that, play with it, learn it, use it, you know, challenge yourself with it, and that'll help you in a real life situation in which you actually have to use it in an unfamiliar territory. Trust me, it makes a huge difference.
1: Yeah, and if you're close, see if the map is accurate. You know, um, I you know this whole big thing about maps. I can tell you that not all maps are up to date. <laughs> so, you know, you 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 know, maps are. Um, I will say this: after twenty years of Backpacking and guiding people, I will say this: maps are a are a form of reference. They are not completely written in stone.
0: And that's a good point. I think your like National Geographic maps, the one that. Um, are going to benefit a little bit more payment to these localized areas. They're going to be updating them more frequently. Look at that updated mark at the bottom. Uh, see when the last time. Look updated. at the print date. The USGS, uh, you know, the, the United States Geological Survey, they are notorious for outdated yeah. information. <laughs> yeah, so
1: we're, we're, we'll say this the National Forest Maps and the Wilderness Mar- Maps, the USGS maps, the Wilderness Maps, the National Forest Maps. Those are your, the biggest crux if you want the wilderness experience. Those maps haven't been updated in 20 years, and they're not going to be updated. Do you know why? It's because wilderness areas are protected. There's, there's going to be two things that are happening in the wilderness area. One, the trail is just going to overgrow itself. It's going to be gone. You know, the trail sign is going to fall on the ground. It's going to decay into the, into, the, into the ground. That trail is long gone or the trail is still there. That's the only thing, they're not blazing any new trails. You know, you're not gonna, they may, if you have a really good volunteer group that manages a wilderness area, they may take the time to reroute a trail. But most of the time, if there's a significant blowdown, they're not rerouting that trail anytime soon. You're gonna be climbing over every single debris field you can to get on that trail. Um, I've been in wilderness areas before where I've literally thrown the wilderness map away because it was so old and so it was just it was just bad. I mean, we hiked a the trail. There's like this brand new bridge on the trail. We're like this isn't even on a map. <laughs> so, it, you know, like they're a they're a point of reference. Okay, they're a point of reference. So you're still going to have your do your due diligence. You're still going to have to plan and prepare. Uh, Brian and I we talked about Big South Fork in our Facebook group uh, today, our our pod, our Trust Trail Podcast Community Facebook group, and someone had mentioned Big South Fork. Brian and I had a National Geographic map, and went. We were looking for a kind of a remote trailhead um, access route. We drove into a subdivision. Oops. They had sold the land. (laughs) I mean, like we drove in someone's like driveway. Hey, we're here. Can we uh, park your car here and walk in your backyard? (laughs) Were they willing? (laughs) The trail is really close. (laughs) You know, you have coffee made? Um, No, but it's like, you know, things change. You know, the printed versions of the map are a point of reference. Look at the print date. Do your homework. Look at, you know there are some trails you don't have to worry about. You know, they're going to do all the work for you. The Appalachian Trail, the Pacific Crest Trail, they're going to, your state parks. They're going to do all the work for you. But in wilderness area and national forest areas, look at the USGS map, look at the the national forest map. They probably haven't changed and the trails probably haven't changed, and then look at the print date and then call the ranger before you go and say, "Hey, I'm thinking about doing this trail. Is there something I should know? Oh yeah, that's overgrown. We don't even manage that anymore. Okay, well. There,
0: there you have it. <laughs> put an
1: on <it>. <laughs> that mark on the trail. So. Or
0: learn, you know, how to bushwhack.
1: Yeah, right. But, <laughs> but for the most part, you know, just do your due diligence. Maps are a point of reference. They are not the cure for all. And um, I think if we have to say anything, uh, Please do not take a photograph on your phone of the map thinking you have a map with you on your phone. Because if your battery dies on your phone, you don't have a trail map anymore.
0: Well, it also offers you no know, scale perspective. And that's a huge right. thing. We have not gone into scale into this. We don't plan to. There's enormous amount of information out there regarding scale. But... It doesn't offer you the detail. What is one mile? What is ten miles? What is elevation? And how long of a duration does that exist for? So, you know, there's there's a lot to learn. There's a lot to get excited about. I'm such a nerd when it comes to this. Um, and just but so you know,
1: sometimes you may be bringing two maps with you. One map is not always the cure for all. You know, <laughs> do your research. Make sure you know where you're going. And um, it, there's nothing wrong with taking you know, a couple, two, three maps with you so you know for sure that what, air, what area you're walking into or what boundary area has changed, or well, you're gonna have the correct map for, and you're gonna have that specific ranger station that is in that, that manages that particular area of which you're backpacking in.
0: And a- basic tip that we promise you is to a a fun little way to waterproof your maps is if you are going to download them from the internet versus offering them, you know, purchased in store, you can Xerox those, I'm sorry, Xerox, you can laminate them and hook them to the back of your pack. We do it for kayaking trips, we do it for water related sports, we do it for times in which we are expecting a significant amount of moisture.
1: Yeah, you can save a lot of money by printing online maps uh, for that designated area, and then going to your local, uh, you know, office supplies place laminate it, uh, punch a hole in it, put a carabiner in it, and hook it to the back of your pack. And you, sometimes you can save a lot of money doing it. So, um, you guys, thank you so much for listening. We kind of hope we hope we gave you a little guidance on the different kind of maps and the designated areas and the boundaries. And how you should choose the right map for where you're going um, Thank you so much uh, if you uh, if you like the podcast, please give it a review on iTunes It really helps kind of spread our podcast out there um, In the meantime, we're available on iTunes stitcher Google Play Castbox, all your podcast apps for your iOS or your Android phone. Super appreciate it. And again, we're really uh, hoping that you guys can support the podcast by going to patreon.com forward slash trust the trail. We would love to see you guys there so we can do some really cool stuff. We're yeah. We going to go back, back with you guys. Absolutely. So in the meantime, trust, trust the, the trail. trail. We'll Bye see you guys, you guys. Later. Bye.